This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Thanks for being with us on this beautiful Sunday morning. We're going to take some time now to talk about religious belief or perhaps a lack of religious belief and how that affects the way we make decisions in our lives and how we respond to challenges in our lives. A new Angus Reid Institute study, Faith in Canada 150, shows some interesting responses and some interesting information about how Canadians are dealing with their spirituality or, again, lack thereof. And joining me on the line to talk about this is Ron Dart. He's an Associate Professor of Religious Studies at the University of the Fraser Valley. Ron, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, great to be here. Uh, Great. I I always like talking about uh, these types of studies and such on a Sunday morning. Uh, Are you seeing a difference in in the makeup of faith and perhaps uh, types of faith and spirituality uh, in in, in your teachings, in your daily life? Well, certainly some of the things which have occurred in the last uh, 10 to 20 years, and even more so accelerated uh, in the last few years, is the interest in Islam. Um, so, the, I mean, historically there's been an ongoing interest sort of in a post-Christendom, post-Christian world in, say, Buddhism, various forms of meditation and Dalai Lama, Thich Nhat Hanh, but with the rise of various types of Islam, I've had uh, my... Uh, classes, many of them quite full, with uh, a growing interest in not only Islam, but the political nature of Islam. And uh, so that's been quite a shift. Uh, And also a growing interest in the contemplative side of Christianity as well. Uh, And when you say growing interest in Islam, is it an interest uh, to understand the religion more, to understand uh, the history and to understand it, or an interest in in becoming, uh, becoming a follower of the faith? Oh, it's decidedly trying to understand it, because given the situation in the world, um, various types of uh, split-offs within the Muslim community and the violence which has occurred. Many many people are asking, what is Islam? Is the violent forms authentic forms of Islam? What comes out of the Quran or the Hadith that justifies this? Or is this an aberration of Islam? So it's uh, um, primarily it comes as a genuine interest in, in understanding what Islam is and, and the aberrations with Islam, just as you can get aberrations in Judaism, Christianity, Hinduism, Buddhism. And so it, it, it comes out of a... And then I have a variety, because we have about a thousand international students at UFV, and a significant number come from the Middle East and Muslim countries. So usually half the class are, are Muslims who, you know, different types of Sunni Shia, and, and they're trying to understand their own traditions in, in opposition to the the different type of um, Muslim community that they've often been taught is the, the opponent uh, to their own upbringing. Hmm. Is it a, a misunderstood religion? Oh, decided, I mean, most religions are misunderstood. You have people who only look at the purely negative, and then you have people who just see religions in a superficial way, and then you have people who go a little deeper, and then you have people who go to the, you know, the central core of religion. So everything hinges on the depth of curiosity, the level of interest, and a certain, uh, to a certain degree, the uh, nature of a commitment. Why do you think... Um it's important for people. And looking at, at some of the findings in, in the Angus, Angus Reid study, uh, it found uh, about uh, I'll have it, uh, 19% of the respondents identify as non-believers, uh, 30% spiritually uncertain, uh, 30% privately faithful, 21% religiously committed. Uh, are you surprised at all by those numbers? Well, first of all, I mean, from those statistics, you still have a high percentage in Canada, which one degree or another, are interested in religion or spirituality. That breaks down, as you know, into the spiritually uncertain, privately faithful, and religiously committed. And 
Uh, the backdrop of a survey like Angus Reid, and it's supported by Cardis, which is a soft right of center um, organization. The 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 backdrop is that what's the relationship between the sacred and the secular? And there's been a tendency to argue that Canada uh, and many first world states are moving in a secular direction. And secularism can be broken down into three areas, a very aggressive or hard form. So it's sort of the sacred versus the secular, like rams and rutting season, sort of a soft um, secularism, which religion, spirituality is still honored. It's a kindly approach, but it's private. And then a more of a positive secularism in which why shouldn't people with interest in spirituality, our religion, be involved in the public, but recognizing the public frame is a pluralist and to be civil about it. And so the Angus Reid survey is trying to look at, in their own way, um, the relationship of um, uh, the sacred, the secular, and various types of relationships of the sacred, secular. That's why the practical implication of the survey so What's the relationship of a person's spirituality or commitment to religion to, you know, private morality, social morality, and larger um, hot-button issues in the culture wars? Mm. Uh, do, do you find, is there a big connection there in that people, if somebody describes or identifies as religiously committed, uh, does that change decision-making? Does that change how they go about uh, making choices in their daily life? Well, from the survey of Angus Reid, it's decidedly so. The, um, the issue is always, is okay, so you're religiously committed, which they say 21% are. Um, how does one then take that religious commitment and make sense of it in terms of various uh, private, personal, and public, public morality? And that can go anywhere from right of center to sensible center to leftist uh, politics. Um, some of the questions asked, I find, uh, sort of create false dichotomies, and be, you create crude generalizations by the end, and it's a bit like, um, in some ways, uh, you know, trying to carve out and polish a diamond with a sledgehammer uh, with the type of questions. But, I mean, they do illuminate elements of the sacred secular, but a person has to go far deeper in trying to understand uh, the relationship of those things. Uh, one of the questions uh, is, which of the two broad statements uh, is closer to your own personal view? Uh, people are fundamentally sinners and in need of salvation. People are essentially good, and sin has been invented to control people. Well, that's another one of those what I would call false dichotomies and crude generalization. It also comes out of, obviously, a Christian background, sin, salvation, and and to, to use language like that is the first, you know, sort of question a person asks, so what do we mean by sin? And what do we mean by salvation? And you have to start breaking that down. And so you get like, you know, you know, absolutism, relativism, uh, sin, salvation. Uh, when you start unpacking those, those are layered, very, very layered terms. And so to reduce them to sort of simplistic, you know, uh, generalized questions and then and then dichotomies is it this or is that well usually in most things it's both and as a person tries to think through it so the the, the way the questions are formed all, almost creates an answer which is unhelpful for understanding the relationship of various types of um, spirituality religion and the public fray do you see things changing at all with people in in the past where it might have been more if you were born into a religious family, you were raised with, under that religion, you, you became a follower of that religion? Uh, is that still the case, or do no. people, no, people break well, away more? Well, of course, yeah, you, you have, I mean, the whole language of, you know, multiculturalism, pluralism, diversity, of freedom, liberty, you know, a, a wide range of uh, different religions and contemplative, meditative traditions, so people are... Um, 
many people most curious and sensitive are you know longing for something more than the finite or time or history can offer are there's this longing there's this testing there's going to various as it were various spiritual tables testing the food on to, to see what it's like so there's definitely a, a, a searching we're in a generation of people you know spiritual questers and searches on a pilgrimage for something deeper uh, more meaningful that speaks to them in an existential manner so yeah so the notion that you're born into something you stay there that that time is long past why do you think people are drawn to religion or people are drawn to following something believing in something uh, something bigger well i think you know it's like augustine's great say, saying our you know our hearts are restless uh, uh, until they rest in something bigger than ourselves so the degree to what degree can time history the finite you know satisfy the longing heart the mind the imagination for meaning and purpose so People have two options. They either can milk sort of the utter of the finite for meaning in the hope that's going to fulfill them, or they're going to say there's something bigger, the transcendent, the ultimate, and you need to bring the two together, the sort of the, the vertical and the horizontal to be holistic or whole or integrated in life's journey. So part of it is a search for deeper meaning. Part of it's a search for a more integrated vision to live by. There's a variety of you know reasons why this is occurring. Uh, one of the the, the survey or the, the study also looks at uh, altruism versus self interest, yes. and and takes a look at uh, the difference uh, between uh, what is the best way uh, to live life. Should we focus on achieving our own dreams and happiness, or being concerned about helping others? Uh, because there tends to be a thinking that that people who are very religious are more altruistic. Well, again, it's one of those false, false dichotomies. Jesus says, "Love your neighbors yourself." You know, and and many of the great spiritual traditions, whether you know, Buddhism or Hinduism or Judaism or Islam. Well, I'll talk about the importance, you know, of knowing yourself, your true self versus a false self, uh, you know, egoistic self versus a deeper self and making those distinctions and what, what that means. And so, to one degree, when you get that, again, that sort of, that, that, that dualism, it's, it's, it's quite inappropriate uh, because it's usually not as simple as either or. It's usually some combination of subtly in a more refined way saying, it's both and, but what do we mean by that? And so the, the question set people up to answer in an either-or way, which is inappropriate to the reality of how people make sense of these issues. And, and, and they are big issues. They're big questions. Oh, of course they are. They're, you know, they're, they're Mount Baker questions. <laughs> Um, I wanted to touch on as well, because uh, sexual morality was also questioned in this survey, and there was a huge difference in in how people, and this is talking about things such as abortion, doctor-assisted dying, and 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 personal opinions of that, uh, people's freedom to choose, or the value of preserving life. That one seemed to fall a bit more along what people might uh, consider traditional lines with believers and non-believers. Well, it's interesting, yeah, those questions you're asking in that um, they have a sort of an A and a B set of questions, and uh, this would come more out of the Cardis comment, you know, their interaction with the Manning Institute, um, is that so the social conservatives, there's a, it's a laundry list of issues. It can be abortion, um, euthanasia, immigrants, refugees, interfaith marriage, these, these, these sorts of issues, which... Some people equate if you're religiously committed, then those are the issues that you focus on, the LGBTQ also. So those tend to be part of the SOCON, and there's about eight on those issues. But it's interesting, the B questions, which is you know, views of the poor, the environmental issues, my country first, uh, crime and punishment, sort of Dostoevsky and stuff, they're B questions. So it's interesting the, the way they um, prioritize 
what questions are going to be discussed in more depth and detail and what we're going to be seen as secondary or tertiary. Uh, but there's no doubt from a you know social conservative perspective, which is to some degree where Cardis would come from in faith Canada 150, these become very important questions of which many people would, would lean in that direction. Hmm. Uh, just, uh, just before I let you go, do you think, do, are studies like this helpful in, in trying to understand the differences between strong believers, non-believers? Do they help or do they cause more confusion? Well, they, you know, as in most things, they illuminate a great deal that many people are unaware of, but they also obscure a great deal and that they don't dive very deep for the, the real pearls of insight that is needed to understand these things. So it's sort of a yes and no type of an answer to that. I mean, without them, we'd be left in the dark and a bit in understanding a broader uh, sense and feel for the Canadian public and the relationship of the secular, the sacred, spirituality, religion, and social issues. But on the other hand, it, it somewhat conceals um, that which is more significant or more substantive in these larger issues. Well, Ron Dart, thank you so much for taking time with us this morning. I appreciate it. Oh, you're more than welcome. Enjoy the weekend. All right, you too. Okay. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.